Welcome to Pod Blast. This is Alex Pryor, and today I'm joined by James and Blair. How are you guys? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, James? Three for three? Uh, three for three, yeah. Well, I mean, I've had uh, a very early morning. I was up this morning at half past four to put oh, a 16-year-old daughter onto a plane today. So, <gasps> first time um, on an overseas flight. and she uh, She's gone to Cambodia. Ooh. So they're doing like a mission trip where they're going to work uh, with their school group in an orphanage for two and a half weeks oh, over in, in Phnom Penh. Is that how you say it? Phnom 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 Phenomenal Penh. Phenom- it's and it will be phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, for that forehand play. So yeah, so um, I'm okay right now, but at the moment for me, it's probably the equivalent to eight o'clock at night, even though it's only one fifteen in the afternoon. So we'll see. We'll see how we we go by the end of the day. Yeah, that's gonna be rough, man. That's gonna be real rough. <laughs> Coffee is your friend. It is. It is, but I've had three already, so, you know, I think, yeah, I think maybe, I've hit my maybe limit. Maybe tone it back a bit. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've got a lot to talk about today, including the cat who spent three weeks in purgatory, an interplanetary pet pioneer. But first, we're going to be talking about keeping the meat in your meat miss. You're listening to Pod Blast. Alrighty, what's your favourite Christmas dessert? I'm curious. Okay, my favourite Christmas dessert has always been something that we used to have a lot. And I, I realised over the years that it wasn't something that everybody had, which was my mum used to get a uh, like just a regular chocolate Swiss roll from... I guess wherever, Coles, Woolworths, whatever it is. You know, just the Swiss roll. Yeah. Like, okay, you're looking at me as if you don't know what I mean. Or jam. Yeah, it could be jam with a vanilla sponge with jam. Alex, are you familiar with this? Okay, good, good, good. And then just cover it with chocolate butter icing Mm. and then put like scenes from Christmas little figurines and stuff on top. And it was called- On top of the chocolate roll. On top of the chocolate roll. So it comes out and it's called a chocolate log. So it's just basically like this big block oh. of chocolate. Was the chocolate around it like that you put up the icing that you put on? Was yes. it like hardened? No, well, it's butter icing. So it goes like it's that softer, creamier icing. Right. Okay. Very, very buttery. It's a very, very butter icing. So it was meant to be like a Christmas Yule log. Yes. But, okay. Yes. Oh, like cool. it, that, that sort of a thing. So that's, that's what it used to be. So it would always um, would be a favourite in our house. And whoever decorated the chocolate log was always a big thing in the family. It's like Were later there on- arguments had about that? <laughs> well, considering the kind of personality that my sister has got, I've got a younger sister, Rebecca, who's two and a half years younger than me, and um, which is not that much of a big deal now, mind you, she's still a little argumentative. But like um, at the time when I was, say, like seven and she was like four and a half, yeah, it got pretty bad. It got pretty bad because it says you're setting up a tableau of characters. Well, this person's talking to this person and there was animals and dogs and, you know, other things. So it was like a weird English meets nativity <laughs> scene, mm. Galilee mm. meets London kind of vibe going <laughs> on. So, yeah, that, I'd say as a favourite, that is what I always think back to. Nice, nice. And what about you, Blair? Uh, For me, my favourite Christmas Christmas meal, well, it's not really a meal, it's uh, vodka jelly shots, which (laughs) I never partake in. My mum is the eldest of uh, seven kids. Whoa. Yeah, and she's got a lot of sisters. So every Christmas, she and her sisters, uh, I think one of the nieces started doing it probably about 10 years ago, and... They bust out the vodka jelly shots, and all of the old old mums get get amongst it, and it turns into a pretty raucous affair pretty quickly. So, um, 
yeah, and it's it's usually you know uh, we always have Christmas at uh, one of the aunt's places. She's got a pool. There's always buckets of water being chucked on each other, and oh, it, just, it no. turns into a, a hot mess pretty quick. So, it's like how some families have like food fights every oh, Christmas. Every Christmas, water fights break out, and it, there's nothing you can do about it other than just kind of stand back and be embarrassed for your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I think I have a Christmas dessert that's going to top both of yours. Oh, fantastic. As the Christmas season returns to something like normal after COVID, perhaps it's time for new traditions. The mad scientists at Spam Lunch Meat Packager have one idea. Spam figgy pudding. What, you might be asking? Mm -hmm. And why? Yeah, both of those things in abundance. Mm -hmm. Let's start with what's in classic Spam. We've got pork, sugar, water, salt, potato starch, and sodium nitrate, a preservative. Delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Super a good nutritious. sodium nitrate. Oh, I can't get enough. <laughs> the new seasonal spam includes additional fig and orange flavors, cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, nutmeg ginger, and allspice. <laughs> and as ever, it is shelf stable in case of the apocalypse. Because it doesn't go off, does it? Never. It just stays there forever encased in metal and yeah. brine and that jelly. It's, you wouldn't even call it brine. It's that weird Ugh. jelly. That you've always, ugh, I'm just I don't think there is it. a word for it. No. I think, you know. <clears throat> but in a post-apocalyptic, you know, nightmare dystopia, <laughs> you know, that'll remind you of Christmas in better times. So, you know. It's just something you could, those tins you could throw them at the zombies to keep them away yeah. from you. <laughs> yes, open it up. Get them, get them to take a whiff of it. That'll, <laughs> that'll, that'll send them running. Stay away from my real food. Now, does spam figgy pudding sound good to you guys? Oh, look, to be honest... I kind of work on a policy of I'll try anything once. You know, I'd probably, I'd see what it tasted like. I don't think I'd like it. And I think cloves and meat go well <laughs> in any way. Like, <laughs> I know, well, like, I know people sometimes stick cloves into like roast ham, you know, where they're like sticking on top. But it's too, it's too weird. You don't like that? No, it's a really, well, I suppose there's that thing where, you know, if you've got a toothache, they'd used to like pack uh, cloves into like tooth abscesses in like olden days as a as a rudimentary form of like numbing of your teeth. It sounds so, more like a punishment. Here's a, something so you'll never let your teeth rot again. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like, well, <laughs> or you'll get the cloves again. I think it would do that as well. Once again, you know, dual purpose. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'd taste it, but I don't think it'd be something to replace my go-to Christmas uh, lunch anytime soon. Yeah. Well. I mean, you might not want to be moving too quickly, but if you do want to get some, you got to really sprint them legs out because this product last, launched last week and it's already sold out at Spam.com and Amazon. Oh, no. Currently on eBay, prices are already double the list price. Well, we're having a chat about Spam earlier today and it's like it's apparently it's a delicacy – in, um, um, I think, the Philippines and a few other places. Yeah, I think in Vietnam, a lot of Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah, because it was sent over as like a surplus supply for um, American soldiers mm -hmm. and as a result got um, taken on by people who are in the communities and then brought out at special occasions. So there's that association with it being, oh, it's a special occasion. We've got all the relatives over. We've run out of vodka jelly shots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to do? It's time for the, for the spam platter. That said, I bet, you know, a, a good Vietnamese cook would be able to turn 
a hideous block of spam into something delicious, probably with, you know, just the right <laughs> I preparation. don't know, man. <laughs> Vietnamese cook slash magician, I yeah. reckon you'd have well, to be. I don't enough know. chili. Spam kind of gives me up. spam kind of gives me tofu vibes. I feel like spam and tofu are oh, on the same stop level. Stop it. Yeah. Nah. It's the opposite of tofu, but the same as tofu <laughs> at the same time. Exactly what I'm saying, yeah. Flat. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's yeah. the opposite of the same. What does that even mean? At the exact same time. It's very zen. It's a, you know, it's... It's a contradiction. Well, you could say yeah. that spam is a contradiction. It's food, but it's also not food. Yeah, you could get a like tofu spam yin yang oh, kind God, of this symbol. Is- <laughs> okay, we got it. We got to move on, man. Right. I'm, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> really legitimate. I'm sorry. It's okay. In terms of the why, the company explains its reasoning. The makers of the spam brand wanted to create a limited edition seasonal variety that captures the magic, warm, and flavors. <laughs> Flavors and nostalgia we're all craving during the holiday season. Crave it, yeah. And with Spam Figgy Pudding, the brand did it all in one can. (laughs) The only review on Amazon claims the product is definitely different, but real tasty. The Washington Post reviewer begged to differ, describing an intense imitation of orange flavor that brought to mind those horrible dyed and colored candied fruits that somehow made their way... (laughs) into objectionable holiday sweets backed by a discordant chorus of baking spices. If you do get your hands on Spam Figgy Pudding, it can be fried, baked or grilled, though it's already fully cooked and ready to eat straight from the can. (laughs) It could be fried, baked, grilled or thrown directly in the bin where it belongs, I reckon. (laughs) In saying that then, what would be more disgusting? Um, Your chocolate log Spam or a pavlova Spam? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, I guess with, with chocolate... See, the, the problem, the difference is like a chocolate log spam, you could go, okay, you could um, slice it and slice off just a little bit mm. and just have to endure a little part. I guess part of the pavlova is you'd have to like have it with a cream... Or blend it. Yeah, yeah. You'd, have to, you'd have to really build on it, you know. A, mer- a meringued, a meringued, yeah, yeah. preserved meat, mer- meat meringue. It's just adding to the kind of that, you know, that briny grossness that you were talking about it before. It does. Really and then the just, kiwi fruit uh, and then all that stuff on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think either really would be particularly great. Yeah, I think I'll just stick with normal chocolate log, normal pavlova, and we'll I just I thought you were going to say I'll just stick with normal spam. No, I'll let other people eat the spam, <laughs> figgy pudding or otherwise. Alrighty, we've got lots more coming up, including the cat who spent three weeks in purgatory and an interplanetary pet pioneer. You're listening to Podblast. <laughs> Okay, now, Blair, tell me, as I've been at the airport this morning, dropping my lovely daughter off to go to Cambodia and be a wonderful member of the international community, um, what's the longest time you've ever had to spend in an airport? Oh, well, actually, I was heading to Thailand, so, you know, kind of same neck of the woods, but uh, I was flying from London with my uh, now wife, then girlfriend, and we wanted the cheapest flight possible we were absolutely povo students we had no money (laughs) no good story ever ends well with this (laughs) so basically we spent hours just kind of you know scrolling through different websites trying to find the cheapest possible flight and the cheapest flight had an 18 hour stopover (laughs) in oman and so we're like okay great so we took that and we flew with oman air and they were great like lots of hot towels really good service but we landed 
just oh, probably about 7 o'clock, you know, so the shops were all winding down mm-hmm. and then it was just the long, drawn-out night. There was nowhere to charge your laptop. So, you know, the three episodes of South Park we had to watch, we just watched on a loop until the battery died yeah. and then we're just staring at a wall, you know, for the remaining 16 hours. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't a great experience. That so was what, what do you do, like, uh, for 16 hours in an airport? Uh, we walked around looking in the windows of shops okay. that we could oh, go Window into. shopping. <laughs> yeah, yep, so it was yep. literally window shopping. True. And they had some nice shops, uh, but it was just the yeah the exact window of when there was nothing exciting to do. Watch people clean. Yeah. Was, you know, there were lots of people mopping people floors. People watching. All yeah, right, people all watching. Right. Yeah. All very cheap hobbies to, to start in an airport. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was no, yeah. There was Even if we had money to spend, there was nothing that we could have spent it on. So, you know, it wasn't a, yeah. Not something that I'd recommend. No. So, Alex, can you beat that in terms of either hours spent or endurance? Look, I don't have quite as uh, exciting of a story, but I think I beat you on where I went. Okay. Oh. Because I had my stopover in Dubai Airport when I flew over to Amsterdam, actually. Oh, okay. When I was like 14 years old and I went on my own. Far out. Okay. Yeah. Did you have permission or you just like, that's it? (laughs) (laughs) They just abandoned me at the airport and said goodbye. And you picked Amsterdam (laughs) as a 14-year-old. Well, the story is I had a best friend growing up. Um, We knew each other since we were three years old. Um, And all her family is from Holland. They're all Dutch. And um, when we we got to the age of about 13, her parents decided that she didn't see enough of her family over in um, Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. So they decided to pack everything up and move over there. And they must have felt really, really bad for us because her parents offered to have me for a month, all expenses paid over in Europe. And we went on this this epic... um, road trip all around Europe and we went to like Switzerland, oh, Germany, man. Paris. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The adventure of a lifetime for sure. So, how did this involve you spending a long time in an airport? Well, I had a stopover in Dubai, you see. Okay. I was only there for like mm, five hours, but it's the only place I've ever flown. And what, and what did you do in that five hours? I just sat on my phone. It was really cool, though, because in the unaccompanied minors lounge, they had, like, Xboxes. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, the it's The unaccompanied a thing. minors lounge? Yeah, where they just, just take <laughs> all of the kids together and sit them in a room. But there was, like, um, a PlayStation. There was a Wii. There was, like, little gaming consoles. There was even a Pac-Man in there. Oh, it wow. was, like, fully decked out. Okay. I want to travel <laughs> Did it have anything? minor. Did it have anything but video one. games? Did it have, like, furniture? Did it have... Oh, yeah, was yeah. Was it carpeted? There were, there were, it was not carpeted. It was tiled. <laughs> okay. But there were plenty of seats, yes. Okay. Okay. So, the reason we're talking about long stopovers in um, airports is that uh, a four-year-old pet has managed to have the longest possible layover you could possibly imagine in an airport. They've been dodging airport staff, airline employees, and animal experts at Boston Airport since escaping from their cage in pursuit of some birds, okay? Um, it's a cat, of course. It's not a chicken, you know, because <laughs> they- chicken. Oh, chicken gonna, wouldn't there, get too there, far. There are my people. I must go to them. <laughs> Whether it's out of fatigue or hunger, we'll never know. But this morning, she finally let herself be caught, an airport spokeswoman said. The black and green cat was given a health check and is now set to return to her family. I'm kind of in disbelief, said her owner, Patty Sarley. I thought, what are the odds we're actually going to get her back? So, I've got to admit, like, that's a lot of perseverance. Because if your cat ran off at an airport, after probably about three or four days, you'd probably go, 
She's You'd gone, probably yeah. just get They're a new gone. cat. They're She's gone. probably on a plane. <laughs> just get a new cat. <laughs> the old one's not even cold. What are you doing? But hey, you got to have a cat, man. <laughs> okay, so when, when their flight landed, so this is going back in time. When their flight landed, the feline ran from her cage to try and catch some birds. A chase ensued with her getaway sparking a massive search by staff, construction workers, and animal welfare advocates. For a cat? For one well. cat? Maybe it's because it's a safety risk. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, probably. You wouldn't want a cat getting stuck in the wheels of an airplane or something. Or like the that. engine. That, that, yeah, that would also be yeah. bad. Okay, were they outside of the airport or were they inside the airport structure? Oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm reading on here. On a mission to track down the pet, the group set up wildlife cameras oh, to wow. try to catch her. It's like expense, no yeah. expense. Choppers in the air. In a Facebook page, this <laughs> just come crashing through the windows. Big it's net. like the animal SWAT team. It must be located slightly next to the other company miners lounge because you never see them anywhere uh-huh. else. Uh-huh. <laughs> You'd be in the other company miners lounge going. What's that noise? Um, in a Facebook post, uh, Mrs. Sally said they also sent the airport Rowdy. Rowdy is Rowdy the cat. Oh. His favourite treats to be placed in the cages and even recorded voice notes for them to play. Despite That's going long, long legs. This is, this is big. This, how much? Were they like billionaires or something? I don't know. And or they was, just lost their cat. Was cat a billionaire? It could like, have been. Was it could a cashed up cat? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't know. Despite numerous sightings, Rowdy continued to elude her pursuers, but calm has now been restored. Oh, you can breathe a sigh of relief. Mm. Now, um, uh, I've got to ask you this one, Blair. So let's just say you're at um, Oman Airport uh-huh. and we are, say, let's just say we're 13 hours in. So a good okay. amount in when the window shopping's at an end, you, everything's been done. Yep. If you saw a bird flying through that airport, mm-hmm. do you really think that your first instinct, being that bored, would be to chase the birds? Oh, look. Would you do it? I'm going to be honest. I'm not an athletic individual. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say chase them fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, slowly in the end. After, I don't know. After Limp after it. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have pegged it as a sleep-deprived uh, hallucination, maybe. you know, <laughs> I don't know if I would have trusted myself to believe whether it was actually a bird or just my eyes yep, yep. slowly going to sleep from not having had to lie down for in uh, you know those com- uncomfortable plastic chairs you've got to kind of squeeze yeah. yourself in however I, you would have you would have lethargically chased that um yeah, hallucination I would anyway. have rolled around after it until they asked me to leave <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they would have set you up in cages. Maybe they were a bit worried about what they were seeing. Until the SWAT team cleared me out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. They had to put you in the unaccompanied miners' lounge because they had nowhere else to put you in. Um, We've got lots more coming up, including an interplanetary pet pioneer. Uh, You are listening to Pod Blast. And you are back listening to Podblast, and we are now asking the question, have you ever taken a pet somewhere you weren't supposed to? So, James, uh, you ever had any issues with pets that you might have smuggled around? Or- oh, yeah, absolutely. We've definitely smuggled pets. That's been a definite thing. When I first moved down here from Queensland, when I was probably, I moved down when we were 10, but what we would do is we would do a sort of like a an annual pilgrimage back to uh, the motherland, um, Brisbane, Mm. Um, uh, once a year, usually around about Christmas time, we'd go and do it. And uh, we had this dog with us that my sister had insisted on buying, uh, this little um, silky terrier, and she called it Benji after the 
of movies of the same name. Um, and it was this most neurotic little dog that was just always afraid of everything. And um, we would always get to, we'd always stay at exactly the same hotel. We'd stay at the Moonraker Hotel, which is in Parks, because that's where, you know, there's that film, The Dish. Oh, yeah. That yeah, it, yeah. That's set yep. there. So, You're making so many references that, it, that are just going straight okay. over my so head. So there was this, there was this, yes, yes, there was this movie <laughs> called uh, The Dish, right? Yep. And it was a very, in back in the like Australiana. Yeah. Sort of peak of it, like Muriel's wedding. Um, it came out. It was the same people who did the castle. Yes, wasn't it? Yeah, that's so right. After the castle, like um, you know, oh god, what's a famous line from that? You know, like tell him he's dreaming. You know, tell him he's dreaming. You know, it was like a big Australian thing, and they yeah. their second hit was this this film, The Dish, which is all about. Um, uh, it's kind of a bit of a it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a loose story based on the idea that there's a big um, sort of like telescope. A radio telescope in parks, like a big sort of like you'd imagine to see it. We go into the Alien Research Center and they drive up to the and there's that big dish. Oh yeah, you kind of that. That's what you would imagine when you see it because it's that kind of a thing. So what it was was that was part of the link in um, when the moon landing happened in 1969. Have I got my years Uh, right there? That sounds about right. Yeah, 1969. They. the, the footage dropped out and people were missing the moon landing, um, seeing it all happen. But it was the the one in Parks, New South Wales, that was the one that created the final link so that people could see it. So mm. they kind of saved the day. Everyone could see it. So it's a movie kind of about that. But that's yeah. where we stayed um, at this place called the Moonraker Hotel. So basically this idea that all, all the things in, in Parks are linked in with this kind of moon and space theme based right, on all okay. that stuff. Thank you so for the context. We, we, we would stay there. It was just a little like motor, motor in. Like, you know, was it James Bond themed as well with the Moonraker time? See, at the time, that was all I knew of Moonraker was yeah. that it was a James Bond movie and then turns out later, no, it's not just that. Oh. But uh, so we would go there and they had a very strict no pets policy. Mm. No way you'd let a pet, pet in. And my parents get very jittery whenever wildlife is around or they have to kind of do things under pressure. So in the case of like smuggling a dog into a hotel, it's like both of those things at the same time. Oh, yeah. So they'd be like, my mum would be like, Michael, Michael, stay with the dog, stay with the dog, stay with the dog. You go and check in quickly. Stay, James, Rebecca, stay with the dog, stay with the dog. And so but make sure you keep him in the footwell of the car so no one can see him. And so they go and check in and they're like, right, okay. Where a go, and we would like drive around, and someone would get out, and they'd take watch, and they'd look all around, and then they'd go, okay, go, 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 like, which would have grabbed everyone's attention, <laughs> seeing these grown adults doing that stuff, and then we'd smuggle the dog inside, and then they'd have to take him out for a wee at night under the cover of darkness, very surreptitiously, yeah. Anyway, did, yes. Did you ever get found out? No, I don't think so. But you know, I don't. I don't know whether or not we would have been told if we had. Or what, I'm sure people do it all the time. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's it's such a big deal. Like he didn't do anything on the carpet or anything, so you know, it was never really an issue. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what, safe. What about you, Alex? Have you got uh, any pet uh, contraband or smuggling uh, of livestock in your history? <laughs> <laughs> smuggling of livestock? No, unfortunately, I don't, because I've never had a pet. Um, I've been asking my dad since I was like 14 years old, Dad, can we get a pet? Can we get a pet? I want a dog. Can we please get a dog? And every time he says no. Um, And despite me pestering him so much, he sticks firm to the story that dogs belong outside, that dogs are not inside animals. Same with cats. If I wanted a cat, nope, cats belong outside. Um, They're not inside animals. So your dad's got clear boundaries about where- dogs and other pets belong. 
A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. Um, but, you know, all I wanted was a little Fred or a little Bruce, you know. Yep. So, you had the names picked out. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder uh, how your dad would feel about this story, uh, whether or not he thinks this animal belongs where it ended up. Uh, because a hamster has successfully returned to Earth after being launched into the stratosphere on a flying balloon. The space hamster reached a maximum altitude of 23 kilometres and is in good health. That's actually quite high. It's very high. Mm. It's much higher than I'd be comfortable going. (laughs) And it's in good health after being safely recovered from the sea off Japan's Miyako Island. So he fell out of the sky after he got up there? Well, I'm hoping the balloon gradually descended. Uh, I'm hoping that he just didn't (laughs) launch himself from 20 Uh, For 23 kilometres, and I know this because we're talking about my daughter previously in year 11, Mm. she's been doing um, uh, what do you call like acceleration um, oh, over over, over physics acceleration, yeah. that hamster would be falling very very fast by the time it reached the bottom. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't think its its remains would have been recovered. I, let's I, just say I don't think as a species they're known for their diving <laughs> ability. No, no. So, so. Anyway, according to the company behind the daring experiment, the hamster was placed in an airtight cabin, sixty centimeters high and fifty centimeters in diameter. So essentially, a small tube. Kind of, anyway, with the same atmospheric pressure and temperature as the ground. So it was heated? <laughs> so, so a little heated Man, tube. This hamster is getting the luxury oh, treatment. It's yeah. almost as good as travelling Oman Air. Yeah. <laughs> sounds great. One photograph showed the rodent looking wistfully out of the window while 12 kilometres above the earth. What does a wistful hamster look like? <laughs> don't they always look wistful? I feel like I <laughs> it's hard to read Maybe their I can see the ground. Yeah. It was I just, see where I grew up. It had one arm rested against the glass. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> just kind of staring at the horizon. Uh, A camera installed inside the cabin. So not only was the cabin heated, but it also had like, you know, a camera in it as well. Multi-cam. Multi-cam. Multi-cam, yeah. yeah. He probably had a little TV as well. Yeah. Recording a podcast is what's happening. Indeed. A camera installed inside the cabin showed the animal snoozing comfortably during the gradual ascent. Oh well, that's okay. The- so he went up slowly, but did he come down? So I want to know how he came well, we back down. That, You're that obsessed is with this hamster falling to its death. <laughs> well, it's alive. Well, he didn't die. Yeah. So, so I know it's got a good ending. <laughs> yeah. It's either a very robust hamster or it came down gently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is hoped this will bring manned space travel to the masses, and the experiment was designed to give would-be consumers confidence. Well, I feel more confident. Um, <laughs> well, let's hear, like, just let's definitely make sure that the hamster's alive. <laughs> well, okay. Further test flights to an altitude of 25 kilometres are planned. So that's even higher. And at this height, people would be able to see the curvature of the Earth. That would be cool. There you go. It's like the dude who jumped from the thing. Mm. All it- I can see is that one scene from Top Gun Maverick, that first scene where he's in the... The really fast plane, and he's mm. like, you can see the horizon and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah you cool. know what I'm talking uh, about. I know what you're talking about. Also, That's this cool. could be like mandatory for all like flat earthers. So if you're like, <laughs> if you claim that the earth is flat, you're forced to go into a small. Dude, I will tube. very happily say I'm a flat earther if I can get up and check yeah, that out. That'd be wild trip. for free. Yeah, sure. Yeah, force me. Go for it. That's fine. So Twist ru- my arm. <laughs> oh, okay. So running in a wheel may seem a little underwhelming for the hamster now that it's got a taste for heights. Well, he definitely won't be wistful on the wheel. <laughs> so, Alex, how do you think your dad would go with if you had a, a pet, let's say it was a dog, would he be happy? He'd let you have it if you agreed to you know, let it sleep in space. Do you think he'd be fine with that? You know what? 
that might just cut it. That yeah. might just I might have to post that to dad next time next time I see him. A little twenty five kilometer high kennel that you can yeah. just kind of float him up in. Every yeah, night surely, surely, surely space is far enough away from the inside of our house. You'd have to agree. Okay, and that's all we have time for today on Podblast. My name is Blair. And we've had James and we have Alex with us. Thanks so much for joining us here on Podblast. If you would like to hear more episodes from Pod, uh, from Compass Catholic Community and Podblast in the future, Indeed. you can check them all out at our school's own podcasting page at archdradio.com. This podcast was produced by Alex, James and myself for Compass Catholic Community in partnership with Archd Radio and Podcasting. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to this channel to hear heaps of other school life stories. Goodbye.